another episode of Improper Mimi, where we talk about the things that highlight empowered and empowering women at home, work, and play. Today, we are going to have a conversation about colorism, aka blanqueamiento. You know, the discrimination based on one's skin color, generally within the same race or ethnic groups, thinking that lighter is better than darker skin. As you listen to today's episode, Think about how colorism impacts you or those around you. Feel free to forward and share this episode with family and friends that you love. Follow and subscribe to Improper Mimi wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Also, check out Improper Mimi on YouTube as I start posting videos of some of the more talked about episodes and the follow-up conversations. Alrighty, so today's guest, Elisa Jalmillo, is a good friend of mine who has a loving and special knack to check in on her friends to see how they are doing. This also includes being passionate enough about the effects of discrimination, colorism, and injustice to speak up about it with those around her. Elisa, let me just say I appreciate you so much for that. So tell us, please, a little about yourself in your own words. So hi, podcasters of Improper Mimi. I'm really honored to be here to talk about a really important topic around colorism today. My background is that I am actually of mixed race. Um, My father is Colombian of African and native descent, and my mother is German Scotch Welsh. So growing up in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and today, (laughs) I've seen a real evolution of colorism, but certain themes still remain prevalent today. So um, really, really thrilled to be able and passionate about this topic in light of my background, but also in light of the experiences of not not only myself, but my family. Um, So from an immigrant perspective, as well as from, um, he came all the way from, uh, have history all the way back to the beginning of the United States. So um, looking forward to the discussion. <laughs> Thank you. And I know I'm looking forward to our discussion and conversating together as well. <laughs> really just a chat. <laughs> I know, right? And that's what I tell everyone. I'm like, it's a casual conversation. Just join me, you know, and proper Mimi. Um, and so, yeah, so we're going to talk about colorism today. And, and actually, I think we were saying that... Um, Usually you call it by a different name, right? So yeah, so I started studying the African diaspora in Latin America because of the prevalent kind of popular belief that in Latin America, everybody's mixed and everybody's the same and, and we all come from the same heritage. However, mm-hmm. um, you know, from the beginning of the quote unquote founding <laughs> and discovery of Latin America, um, Blanqueamiento is, is a term that is maybe an antiquated term, but still prevalent today. And it means whitening. Mm-hmm. And basically um, it shows, even though in Latin America, for example, um, there was, um, they were colonized by the Spanish and the native peoples were pretty much decimated across um, the Caribbean and South America. Although there's still Um, tribes alive and well today, which is great, Mm -hmm. and in Central America as well. However, um, there was a process by which the Spanish actually did do a lot of, let me pinpoint exactly how people are mixed and put Mm -hmm. a name Mm -hmm. to each type of mixture Um, and showing that process of mixture was really leading to the belief that the lighter you were, 
the higher up in society you are. And mm-hmm. being of um, an Afro-Colombian father um, who comes from very humble beginnings, you know, he'll tell you, I'm not black, I'm Colombian, mm-hmm. to distinguish mm-hmm. between what is considered black versus what is considered my ethnicity. Um, and yet there are pockets in Colombia where they very much identify with being black on the Pacific coast, yeah. which is basically communities were formed by ex-slaves. So, but the prevalence of whitening is still alive and well today. I mean, when you go and look at the newscasters, they're all pretty much oh. lighter skin complexion. If yeah. you look at the soap operas or the television shows, they're predominantly mm-hmm. of lighter skin complexion peoples that tout that all todos somos mestizos we're all mixed we all come from the same history this is great but yet why isn't it represented <laughs> it's in not the represented. media why is it yeah. represented in um in entertainment and why isn't it represented at the higher echelons of people who are making the powerful decisions you're not exactly. going to see a person of african-american descent that looks quote unquote of african-american descent in the highest um, powers of positions of power, if you will. So it's still prevalent today and it becomes even more complex when you come to the United States. So you come from a a history where (laughs) people are of all different kinds of mixtures and they they, uh, revel in that history and yet you come here and you're either white or black. And how do you fit in that? And that's yeah. still evolving in the United States, but that's kind of a long way of saying <laughs> that there's still a lot of work to do in understanding the importance of the history, the importance of how identities yeah. are developed, but even more the lack of respect um, for people of darker skin complexions still to this day, very mm-hmm. subtle, very undertoned, and in some cases very prominent and very very in your face um but yeah. that's at least what um i can tell you about the some of the studies that i did early on um when i was studying and a student but yeah. because i wanted to understand why yeah. it was such a big deal yeah and and i think and you touch on a bunch of good topics there like a bunch of good points um and one of the first ones you know that comes to mind is that that difference of race and color like like whitening like like you say it's it's called like whitening however it's looked at more like the color of the skin you know and not that people are are different races like here in america it's more like you say white and black i mean there's levels to it there's the white and the black um but then even within the black community there is that shadeism so it's still you know based on not just um, you know your race or the color of your skin, but it you know, but actually like the shade, uh, you know, the the color of your the skin and how. Shirt. Yeah, exactly. It's like from slavery, you know, you know we they joke about it a lot. You know, we joke about it a lot. Where oh, you must be a house negro, you know, because you know your light skin, you you your fair skin, pretty you. Um, can stay up front and present it in the house. Meanwhile, the darker skin, you know, slaves were in the field, in the kitchen, you know, blacksmiths, labor, like, 
um, not, you know, desire to be seen. Um, and there's also the issue of class too. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of the classism there, the socioeconomic status of people, like where they are in that, just like what you were mentioning, like the house yeah. slaves versus this. And, and I have to say that one of the more interesting dynamics of being of Latin American descent is that even within families, the shades mm -hmm. are different. Um, mm -hmm. The hair can be different. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. I always tease my tia, my my tia Clara because um, her hair is like 1980s Jerry curl, you know. And my father <laughs> is what his hair is called hard hair, pelo duro, you know. And you know, and uh, across the way, and my grandfather it had um, pelo ondulado or wavy um, hair, mm. and my grandmother had more of the hair of my father. But even within families um yeah. you see different treatment based on the darkness or color of your skin and oh yeah i mean yeah. let's be frank if you met me on the street you wouldn't know what my background was i mean my mm. father used to say you could be in the cia because nobody knows <laughs> what your background is um mm. and colorism can certainly also be quote unquote blind unless it's brought mm. to your attention, particularly um, what I'm always struck by is my sister is of darker skin complexion than I am. And mm. she would always say as a young child, my, my favorite color is brown. I'm brown, daddy's brown. And then she would say, she would look at her mom who is of um, Western European descent and said, mommy, you have to get another husband so that you match. <laughs> oh no. And that was at four years old. Mm -hmm. um, so those types of concepts are really early, which is striking and also um, very indicative of what we're yeah. teaching our kids. Yeah. And how do we talk to our kids and teach our kids, you know, about this? Because, yeah, same thing, you know, even within our family, there, we have different shades of siblings and within like my parents' circles and whatnot. So then our cousins and our family, you know, like you say, could be very fair skin, light skin, or it could be very dark. Um, and, and I've caught myself, you know, thinking of that too, but like, oh yeah, you know, like we're dark, you know, like I remember when I, um, I'm like going off topic here, but um, I, I remember um, thinking that, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I'm going to be as dark as my dad. And then realizing, I'm like, wait a minute, he's darker than me. I'm like, I thought we were like the same. And I'm like, oh no, he's darker than me. Just like me wanting to be like him so much, you know? Um, but with raising our kids and um, trying to make sure that they're not impacted or it, 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 they pick it up everywhere. It could be in the shows, it could be at school. You know, it could be, you know, family saying to another member that, um, you know, we're black, but you're white. And we're like, no, she's not white. You know, she's just a lighter shade of black, you know. Um, but yeah, like how do you know, how do we teach them when they're getting this from outside of us? Yeah. So other people are raising other people are raising our kids. So to a certain extent, by putting them in yeah. daycare, because we have to work. And mm -hmm. I'm very, very sensitive to the fact that I have an adopted daughter who is, you know, of Mexican descent mm -hmm. through and through. 
um, and she does not look like she looks like me, um, but mm-hmm. she doesn't look like the other people in her class. And you know, and I also want to make sure that she does not feel like there's nothing wrong with being different. There's nothing wrong yeah. with being different complexion, but mm-hmm. there is something wrong when people tout their beliefs of whitening and what is preferred versus what isn't preferred and incorporates that into everyday discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would rather have more of an open discussion with my daughter and I have around differences are great, you know, and you learn so much from being with people of different backgrounds, of different experiences there is no mm-hmm. preference, but I'm not going to be a Pollyanna about it and say that, okay, so there is no difference. Great. Nothing's wrong in society. Nothing. <laughs> there is no preference. There is no, mm-hmm. you know, it's not hard to see if you, you don't even have to peel back the onion. It's in your face now about yeah. the differences. I mean, my father was walking around the neighborhood by himself mm-hmm. and was basically profiled in the neighborhood in the neighborhood he lives in yeah Yeah, the neighborhood Mm -hmm. he lives in and you wonder why yeah and it was and my father will be the one to tell you that he's never experienced racism and and Mm -hmm. i know for a fact that that's not the case not getting access to apartments in the 1970s not getting promoted not um being told that he can't speak english very well um, and, you know, just everything up the food chain. But my father's a unique individual. He doesn't get bothered by that. He's very comfortable in his own skin. But mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is, is that how do we teach our kids to be aware of what is going on in society, but treating people based on the quality of their soul and not, yeah. and their experiences and having respect for differences and not putting a marker on what is preferred or what is better or what Mm -hmm. hair is better or what, um, you know, but classism, sexism, racism, blanqueamiento, whitening, (laughs) it's a complex topic for kids. So how do you do that um, at the right ages is, is, is my challenge as a mom right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so many challenges right now between the pandemic and, um, supplemental learning at home and um, just changing the way that we're living. But you're right. It, you can't, not that you, you can't ignore it anymore. It's, it's constantly in the news. It's constantly um, being talked about, you know, even at work on the differences of between people's skin, you know, the, or, you know, how we are, you know, trying to, not see color or to treat everyone equally and but you definitely have to acknowledge that that means that people are being treated differently like even even in the caribbean you know we 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 talked about a lot um like hispanic homes but and african-american homes and in the caribbean too like in um, Trinidad, you know, I was, you know, reading stories like Trinidad and Tobago and people versus the lighter people and the same thing like desire for hair, like how we describe our hair 
bad hair or good hair, you know? Um, and so those kind of things, you know, pop up and become relevant. I, I think also, um, I think even um, like on Netflix, you know, like you see, um, have you seen like Indian Matchmaker? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so prevalent there. Like it's very so often, oh, you were looking for a girl, a nice girl from a nice home, you know, fair skin, light skin, fair skin. Um, not from, you know, like an, an island or a colonized place, but like from like the mainland from India. Um, do you, uh, how, how have you felt about that show? You know, everyone was talking about it at work and I was like, okay, let me watch it a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, but do they realize that what they're watching is not just bringing people together, but it's like the separation of the classes and, and everything on, and who they're representing by showing, you know, the fair skinned people on the show. I don't think there was a dark skinned couple at all. Well, that's, so. that, that's the whole thing, like where you are in the echelon of society. But, mm -hmm. you know, I have to be honest with you. I, I just wanted to also say a point about that is that we certainly see it every day. Okay. Mm -hmm. Walking mm -hmm. in to, to wherever we are. Um, this is not new. The only yeah. difference is, is that it's brought to the forefront and then it feels like new to everyone else who doesn't feel different walking into a store, walking into a room, walking into a, a, an office space. And I yeah. think that what, what I liked about um, Indian matchmaking was that it wasn't afraid to be real and it was showing it. Mm -hmm. But you're right. People look at it like, oh, it's an entertainment. It's like a movie. It's like, and then you yeah. peel back the onion and you're like, oh, there's a cast <laughs> system here there is a there is you know and and for those of us that either have family members that have experienced a racism or experienced the perception of colorism if you will um yeah. like it's a real experience around this and yeah. um i i think that just like in latin america indian caste system is alive and well today and it shows mm -hmm. directly in who is perceived to be good to marry and who's perceived to be, oh, no, don't go there, you know, kind of thing. And yeah. what happens when you fall in love with somebody regardless of their background, knowing that and, and the influence of family in that. So it's not just outside yeah. society, is the perception inside your own family mm -hmm. based on how they were raised. Yeah. And how do we deal with that? I mean, like we're, we're saying we're raising up our kids to be a certain way. And, you know, definitely within our households, we can do that and educate them. But then, like you say, when we're around our own family and then our own family still has some of those ways. And it could be like, you know, little comments, you know, it could be, um, you know, auntie or a grandparent or, you know, someone could just say something. And then the kids are like, huh, what's that? And then we're like, then we have to explain. <laughs> you know? yeah, I mean, it's not it's it's not an easy discussion to have, and it's also yeah. finding the right way to do it and thinking really consciously about okay, am I also proposing you know supporting this like mm. by not saying anything? Yeah. Um, 
And my whole thing is like, I'll, I'll tell you really a, a story that from my sister uh, who mm -hmm. looks more like my father. I look more like my mother and, mm -hmm. and she, it really opened the eyes for her mom to say, I didn't realize that every time you had to, you walked into a store that you were followed oh, yeah. to see like what you were going to do or mm -hmm. the fact that when she was five, Michelle, five years old in kindergarten, yeah. they separated people by color and didn't know where to put my sister because what? they were trying to show the differences in people and respect for people. And they're like, yeah, we don't know what to do with you because you don't fit the box. Oh no. And to tell a five-year-old child that this is, you know, that's like where it begins. That's where it's like formed. And it's, you know. Yeah. So I was, I was just going to say, like, I use a lot of books that I, like, I have, my sister is so great. She works at a bookstore. So she, awesome. she got me the, the feminist, baby feminist book uh, <laughs> or like, or um, touting literati because it has different stories to share, but also really important lessons to be learned. And, mm. um, you know, I can tell you right now, my, my daughter sees my father as Peepaw, you know, and um, I think that you know, what I want her to understand is, is just keep touting the same belief that, you know, everyone is inherently good. It doesn't matter what people look like and it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, but it does matter who the, who they are as a person in their soul. And I try yeah. to tout that, but that doesn't take away from the same battles that we're going to have with society, with what their experiences are as individuals. And, and we have yeah. to tackle them and not be fearful of, of approaching it, but really do it with real kindness and real understanding of where they are in their age group, but also be aware that they're going to be facing challenges through life because we're not yeah. there yet. And I find it mm -hmm. funny that people are like, all of a sudden there's a Black Lives Movement when we've been always fighting. I, I find it interesting when I have to be in, in, in those dis discussions and, and people forget or don't know <laughs> what my background is and yeah. say things that are just stupid. Yeah. Um, and we all have a role in no matter where we are in our, in our life to, to face things head on. And the challenge is always like, oh, am I going to lose my job for saying something? And quite yeah. frankly, um, that's always possible. That's a real fear. Um, mm -hmm. for people saying things, but absolutely, um, yeah. I'm just, I'm at an age in my life where I truly don't care. Um, what I want to do is really try to be a force of nature and a force of change in yeah. all my life. And, and really I want a better world for my daughter. I want mm -hmm. a better world for the next generation. And there's nothing yeah. I can do about the past, but there's sure as hell a lot of things that we can do moving forward. And each of us ha can play a role in that. And that's the way I look at it. So I'm not yeah. going to be a force of nature and change the whole society, but I do feel that it's important for us to have honest conversations and be real about it. Yeah. And I think that um, this, this timing of, and, and some people are calling it like an awakening, you know, like, um, with the death of George Floyd. And there was, there was so many deaths before him of innocent black people. Um, and, and not even always, you know, do you want to get into innocent or not, but 
you know, black people being killed at the hands of police officers. But that's, but that's after his, that's... yeah, yeah, it's like after his murder, then there are more protests, um, more calls for racial and social justice um, that it is like an awakening. It's like for, for white people or um, for even people when we're talking about, you know, our, our, our Wakanda, Wakanda? Wakanda? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Wakanda. It's like Wakanda, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, even within, you know, the lighter races, um, the lighter skin tone of our races that, you know, not knowing what other people are going through. It's, it's no longer okay. It's like, no, you need to know, you need to understand. Um, listen to us when we tell you that these are the things happening to us, you know, um, being followed in stores, being profiled, um, not getting a job. Um, comments said to us, you know, at work or whatnot, where, yeah, do we always want to fight back? You know, do we always want to correct people? Um, when it, you know, there's, yeah, I think that there's, you're hitting on a really important point, which is systematic racism, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. systematic mm-hmm. colorism, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, it's an uphill battle, um, mm-hmm. because unless you're going to dismantle and build back up, unless you're going yeah. to really invest in the training, uh-huh. there's not an understanding at every level in positions of power that systematic racism actually yeah. exists. And it's not just in the police force, although the police force, let's be honest, is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a problem on all levels um, in terms of understanding that when somebody says, I cannot breathe, yeah. that you should listen and, mm-hmm. and, re- and, and, and think about that. But more importantly, get off the person's neck so they can breathe. Yeah. Um, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me how mm-hmm. you can continue and, and to, to think that that is okay. Um, and as a method of restraining quote unquote, someone who was not violent, who was not, you know, and, and even with um, the, the shooting of a gentleman who was trying to just get back to his car to make sure his kids were okay. Yeah. And he's now paralyzed, you know, but the systematic racism, it's a behavioral shift that needs to happen. And yeah. with behavioral shift has to come conversations and being real about your beliefs and mm-hmm. accepting that people are gonna can still are still gonna have beliefs of colorism in their in their in their personality and their soul and and yeah. that's the difference is how you treat somebody and how you check yeah. yourself when you do have those yeah. moments of did I just do that? Did I just yeah. say that? Did I mm-hmm. just think that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it requires a lot of soul searching and self-reflection that quite frankly, nobody's taking. And yeah. I know that it's a movement now and I'm really thrilled that it's a movement, 
I, I think it's just a, a residual, also a residual effect of just the sheer frustration, sadness, and anger that we mm. are still dealing with this today. And that our kids are seeing this more visibly today mm -hmm. because it's on the computer, it's on the TV screen, it's in, it's reflected in movies. And mm. this is not entertainment that we're talking about. And we're also relying on reporters to tell us information and they also have their own biases. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, so it is incumbent, I think, I'm using big words this morning, I must have had my coffee. <laughs> You know, it really is important for us as parents, for us as siblings, for us as children, for us as mm. um, adults to do self-reflection on ourselves and really take hold of what's going on today and really fighting for a better world mm -hmm. where we, where Martin Luther King, where Frederick Douglass, and also our history, like augmenting the history that is in schools, which is still a force of systematic racism as well. Mm -hmm. Like stop the ship, talk yeah. about where our history comes from and mm -hmm. have reflection and reverence for that history, understanding that that is why our society is the way it is today and how can we shift it and move it forward to a better world and yeah i'm one person yeah. you're one person but god together we can really really <laughs> do good things and i just don't yeah. I, I see it in all in all different um areas and i actually interviewed yeah. my my family in colombia about how they would describe their color when i was doing oh, when i was wow. practicing my master's work yeah. And I got caramelo, café con leche, <laughs> you know, like All of the foods, right? <laughs> <A latte>. Yeah. <laughs> so, all the different. Yeah. So that's interesting. So like describing, and that's even often the same with like makeup and everything. It's like chocolate, café, you know, like these are the colors that are chosen to describe, you know, people with pigment and melanin and, you know, like, how you describe black people and Hispanic people as well. But um, did any of the lighter skin, you know, like um, people you, that you had talked to acknowledge that they were treated different? Like, do you think that they know that they're treated different than their um, darker brother or cousin? Stuff? Yeah, it actually, it actually was, it was a family of sisters. Oh, and mm -hmm. all of them were different skin complexion. <laughs> and they all took dance um, and I interviewed them together and then I interviewed them individually nice. and the um one of the sisters cried to me that she wasn't mm. allowed to be in the performance because of Romeo and Juliet because she was of darker skin complexion and they actually um, said that and this is in yeah. Colombia this yeah. was 1995 Mm -hmm. um so those experiences stay with you and definitely but i you know what i encourage my sister for all the trauma that she's gone through in her life mm -hmm. um through colorism is that you need to open up and tell us this tell your mother yeah. mm -hmm. talk to us and and we've been talking a lot more and and um it's interesting to see the 
eyes open up because my beautiful stepmother had a really big belief that her daughter was not going to experience this and Mm -hmm. experience systematic racism, experience being profiled. She was just going to go through life being who she was without any impact. We moved to New Hampshire. She was called the N word um, on the bus. Mm-hmm. within the first year of being here she mm-hmm. was suspended for retaliating back and calling the person an sob he was <laughs> suspended for a day mm-hmm. the parents called to apologize there were no discussions around it it was just swept under the rug wow um these are things that are happening and this is 2000 and Hmm. that happened so Mm -hmm. it's having the conversations and being and and providing an environment that feels safe for people to share their experiences but let's be clear Mm -hmm. how tired are all of us and all of us for having to explain something that is just so in your face and being asked to be the representative of sharing that when it's all like all you have to do is open your eyes to see it um and colorism has a blind spot in a lot Mm -hmm. of people and it's tiring and it is Mm -hmm. uh, um anger frustrating all of that stuff um and you have to pace yourself but you have to i i do truly believe that there's a way to do it. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> I just right. don't know what it is. Change things. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just going to do my best to, I think part of this conversation is, is bringing it to the forefront in a way that is real mm-hmm. to what our experiences are. And, you know, with your daughter, with my daughter, with other children, yeah. we don't talk about this in our book club necessarily. No. Mm-hmm. And I had to bring it up with my college friends that are all quote unquote white. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a group text and a lot of my college friends do not have three-year-olds. <laughs> they have <laughs> college kids. Yeah. So while they're texting about <laughs> school and coronavirus and, and all the impacts on their children, mm-hmm. And all of this with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and all this stuff is happening. I just had to call them out and say, I'm sorry. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm sad. And I just can't not say something about this. Mm -hmm. And we did have a little bit of a text discussion. um, And then it went back to the same conversation. And I understand everybody has different priorities in in, in terms of what their focuses are but we can't ignore that that's Mm -hmm. why this movement is so different it's not going away yeah we're not going away yeah it's 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 changed the way that we live um how we interact with our children and those around us i mean it really has changed a lot I, i see the big difference even at work because before we never really had discussions after there was, you know, an incident with the police and, you know, killing a black person, you know, like you say, swept under the rug, just, you know, go back to work, continue on your normal day. 
Um, but yeah, this time it really m more people, white people at work bringing up the topic themselves, wanting to talk about it. Um, so it's, again, you know, we're saying an awakening, you know, this is a moment now. And, and even I just feel like there's something like within me, you know, like you just want to say something and, or you want to do something, you know, like, you know, a birth of a new idea or something like that. But it's, um, and that's why I'm so, you know, blessed to have friends like you that do want to talk about it, not to shy away from how we're feeling. Because to make a change, yes, it's definitely us who we come in contact with, you know, what we can do on different levels. Some people can, can do more than, than others, but starting with ourselves and doing what we can do, being able to, to talk about it and not to sweep it under the rug, um, to acknowledge that, yes, these things happen. And how do we feel about it? Because that's one thing that colorism, um, shadism, you know, that whether it's in a Latin family or a Hispanic family, or whether it's an African-American family, you know, we're, you know, different but similar on how it makes each of us feel. So for the darker skin, um, friends and family, how does that make them feel, you know, versus um, the privilege and how does it make our lighter skin friends and family feel? Acknowledging and speaking on that. Um, so the acknowledgement is the big piece. Yes. I think it, it has had some shifts. The movement has shifted the conversation. Um, mm -hmm. I just hope it's not swept under the rug in several yeah. months. It needs yeah. to continue. The dialogue mm -hmm. needs to continue. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for, um, for sharing with me and for your passion as well. And for our, our dedication, you know, for, making the world a better place. Even if it's making our world a better place, we're making the world a better place by not forgetting, you know, what we've been through, what our families have been through. Definitely the more we speak on it and share together, the, the better it will be for those coming behind us. You know, they're watching us. <laughs> oh gosh. And I, and I just want to say that I'm honored to be talking about it, to be honest, because mm -hmm. yes, and um, for me it's a real passion and um i just i know that we're not gonna this is not gonna be the only time that we talk about it absolutely i'm just looking forward to more conversations around this yeah oh me too thank you elisa <laughs> yes. thank you all for listening to improper meaning where we talk about things that empower women at home work and play Remember, stay as fabulous as you are as you find the power within to survive and thrive as we push through another season together. Protect yourselves and continue to look out for each other. And as always, keep telling Black stories. Ciao!